Let's go, girls. From New York City to Los Angeles, Powered Up with Beck and Franklin is giving women of all ages permission to live the life they've always dreamed of. Why live in black and white when you can choose the brilliance of 3D and Technicolor? Each week, Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin and their high-powered guests will be here to cheer you on, to share their challenges, their successes, and what they've learned along the way. It's all about women supporting women. The stories and practical tips on sex, beauty, money, and so much more are designed to help you reconnect to the powerful woman you are. Fabulous knows no limits. Now it's time for you to expand your boundaries. Here are Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Hello, ladies. This is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Linda Franklin, and this is Powered Up Talk Radio. And from coast to coast, we've got you covered with everything from money, sex, beauty, love, aging. And today, we're going to talk about the best part of our lives is when we get to help others. We have a very philanthropic show today. We will be welcoming Genevieve from the Pajama Charity. And, you know, Linda and I are very, very heavily involved in women's and children's charity. And I'm going to ask you, Linda, how are things going over there at Shining Service Worldwide? For those of you that want to check it out, go to shiningserviceworldwide.com. Uh, they are going beyond terrific. Uh, we had our big Bloomingdale's uh, Veterans Day celebration yesterday, and um, it just blew me away. It was, and not only me, it blew everybody away. It, uh, with all of the preparation and all of the We've been working on this since really August, September, but it just all came together and it was unbelievable. So what made it so great? Um, the people. People really resonated with the message. Um, we had Bloomingdale's. They said they never had such a great rally. All their employees came. Uh, they weren't While they were listening to us, they weren't texting. They weren't talking. They were actually listening to what we had to say. Our veterans, uh, women that we made over, were sensational. Bobby Brown did their makeup. It was you know great. Then we had Maria Brown do their hair. Uh, David Zyla did all of their clothes. Um, it just all came together with a very important message how uh, women in the military fall through the cracks and we can't allow that to happen. So, we, you know, we talked about, um, the, you know, the, the uh, new home that we're going to have uh, for veteran uh, women and their children next year. And, you know, it just, everybody was very, very, uh, hepped up about you know what we were doing, so that you know that made everybody feel good. And as a matter of fact, um, at the Bloomingdale rally, uh, there was um, a guy, and I don't know exactly how he's associated with Bloomingdale's, but he is. Uh, and they made an announcement that he was going to give us a very nice uh, uh, cash uh, donation, and that came really out of the blue because I wasn't that... expecting that at all. So. That is fantastic. That shows that you're moving people. When you move people, they open their wallets. <laughs> yes, yes, and and we did that, and they and they did, and um, so it was it was um, it was terrific, and it and I think that we are going to try now to get into their matching gifts program 
because the employees have a matching gifts program. So if Shining Service is there after they got to see us and know a little bit about us yesterday, uh, I think that uh, what, there's a great possibility that we can continue on in that way. Now, let me ask you, Linda, since today, you know, we're talking about not only the charities that we serve, but the building of these charities. And you've built Shining Service from the ground up, and it has not been like one seamless progression of success. You know, you are very successful in what you're doing. But along the way, what are some of the things that you've learned with respect to building a charity? Because many of the women listening today are thinking about forming their own charities or wanting to make a difference beyond just writing a check or donating their time they they have a vision and a goal you had a vision and a goal and I want to uh, talk to you a little bit about that today well you know as you know I really didn't have a vision and the goal and up until and I said this yesterday at Bloomingdale's uh, up until uh, three years ago I didn't know one person that ever served in the military so this was the furthest thing from my mind. It wasn't like something that I was aching to do. Um, it just came into my life, and I I followed the uh, I followed the uh, passion that seemed to uh, uh, arise in me uh, because I've always wanted to help women. I've always been a, a a woman's advocate, so this seemed like a just a very natural progression. Uh, the thing that you really have to know is that you can't do it alone. It's impossible to to start a, a venture like this on your own. You've got to you get you've got to get knowledgeable. Uh, you've got to find people that have you know that have done what you're planning to do in your uh, arena. And um, I made a very very smart choice, I think, because uh, I was thinking of becoming my own not for profit. Mm-hmm. But that entails a lot of work, a lot of paperwork, uh, a lot of stuff that I really did not want to get involved in at this stage of my life. I think everything has to do about age and where you are in your life cycle as well. Um, so I was advised by some very, very smart people that, uh, that I should go find myself a fiscal sponsor. And what that is, is that a, an already formed uh, not-for-profit sort of takes you on as a special project and you are governed by all of the laws of a not-for-profit so that you can collect money and you can go out and, and do everything you need to do, uh, raise awareness, do your projects uh, like we do, but they they uh, do all of the paperwork for you. They do everything that a not-for-profit has to do to meet you know the government uh, and internal revenue uh, specifications. So you don't have that aggravation, <laughs> you know. That's kind of eliminated, uh, but it, you know, it 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 just gives you more more freedom to uh, go out and and do what you want to do. In our case, it was the makeovers and and doing the bracelet and now getting involved with you know uh, with them for the for the uh, for the home. So would you say that that got you to your goals faster? You know, because some people have the goal, obviously, of heading a charity, and I get that. I respect that. But by choosing not to be your own nonprofit and working under the auspices of another nonprofit, you know, obviously there's trade-offs and things like that. But would you say that it, that it, that got you to where you wanted the charity to go faster? No, that got me to where I wanted to go faster because um, if I was – if I if it wasn't fun and if I wasn't excited about it, I wasn't going to be doing it. And filling out forms and, and, and doing grant writing and doing all the things that charity must do to survive um, isn't something that, I, um, that, that really turned me on. 
uh, you know, I'm always thinking uh, 10, 10 steps ahead, and um, I, I have to be able to go with my creativity, um, and so this allows me to do that. Yeah, I think that's that so important. Well, yeah, it does. I mean, it's really important, Linda, because so many people I know, you know, they contact me because I've been involved, you know, in the development of national-based charities. I've been doing this, you know, for 15 years. And and they all say, you know, well, there has to be this. This has to happen. This has to happen. And you're living proof that there are workarounds for things that don't have to happen. And as somebody who is spearheading a very big campaign for military women. I love that you put yourself in the mix because that's what I see a lot of people who get involved in charity don't remember to put themselves in the mix. And then it becomes very, very hard to sustain things down the line. And I love your comment about thinking 10 steps ahead. Well, you know, it's, it, I think um, if, a, if a charity is successful, I think it all, it has to be run like a business. Because um, let, let's face it, a charity doesn't exist unless it, it either gets the grants that it needs to sustain itself or private donations or corporations or corporate sponsorship, uh, partnerships. It doesn't. So you really have to um, be in that lane. And I'm learning, but I knew nothing. But over, yeah, you know, but you know, I'm, you I'm say learning. You didn't know anything, but you've had a proven track record of success. And and one thing that I've learned in my 40 plus years on the planet is that success begets success. And I love that you pointed out that that a charity has to be run like a business. Absolutely, it does. You know, I've been involved in many charities that have their heart in the right place, but they don't have their business head on straight. And for longevity, for effective management of resources, because resources are limited for every charity, you have to have a solid business background or somebody with a solid business mind on your team to kind of guide and direct as you go. And I see that in your organization, Linda. I think it's really important you've had a, a a specific track record in success especially within the management of money well yeah but you know this it, it, yes I, I, and it's just like a business and in, in wall street i had a team behind me and we all had the, our specialties uh of what we did and in that that made it successful if everybody was doing the same thing uh and that it, it usually doesn't so you find talent uh in areas that that you're not that talented in and um you can't be afraid that someone's going to um look better than you are like in business a lot of people only hire people that they think are are less talented than they are so they look good but you can't do that and this is um so i've got people around me and we've learned i mean there's so many people that that help us pro bono uh, you know, and it just blows, it, it continues to blow me away. Our, I mean, our photographers yesterday were all, we had two beautiful photographers. They were both working pro bono. We had our event planner that's been with us uh, for the event, for the uh, Bloomingdale uh, uh, event all the way. Um, she, she, worked, she worked hard and she, she worked for nothing. And, and it kills me because I want to be able to, to pay them, but I can't, I can't pay them unless we, you know, really start to, to flourish because there's not enough money to 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 do that but we're you know but we're getting there and i really think that you know you have to keep your databases fresh you can't keep going to the same people for dollars all the time and you have to keep thinking of new ways to raise money 
Linda, and, um, I, I, you know, I'm so glad that you were able to answer these questions and give this insight today. We've got a great guest coming up. We've got Jennifer uh, Pantera, and she's of the Pajama Program, which is near and dear to both of our hearts. They deliver warm sleepwear and books to children in need. So I think that, you know, when we take care of our littlest uh, people on the planet, we take care of our women and our men, and we all do what we can do. As Linda said, her specialty is, you know, working as part of a team i'm living proof as a part of your team linda on many different adventures and uh i think what you do is outstanding and i'm really excited to talk to genevieve today to talk about how she got her program started you know what her program does what she learned along the way because that's what we're here we're here to get powered up we're powered up talk radio with beck and franklin we'll be back after the break We've got lots more Powered Up with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin after these messages. Finally, a show that supports women who are in the midst of a transition in midlife. The show is Second Wind. Here's what certified coach, author, and host of Second Wind, Joyce Buford, wants you to know. It's so empowering for women to hear about other women and their accomplishments. We all need cheerleaders, someone who's on our side. Second Wind is that program to help women connect with other women, hear other women's stories. In a stressful world. Find power in those stories. Learn to discover your passions and joys again. Create the life you want to live to the fullest. Join us for Second Wind with Joyce Buford, Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Central, right here on the Toginet Radio Network. Have you ever wondered why America is facing such a health care crisis? Then join us for Dr. Peter DeVette Live every weekday at 1 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. He'll answer your health care and medical questions and share with you his knowledge and opinions on topics ranging from holistic health care to spirituality and wellness. You'll find out about the roots of your health care challenges versus symptom management, the holistic approach, how the spirit, mind, and body connection is critical in both the development of illness and the solution to illness, how emotions are directly related to physical illness and how to read your body like a book. Dr. DeVan will also go through your personal questions and how you can navigate through the illness maze. Supplements, medications, therapies, treatment options, surgeries, all kinds of things related to your health. Dr. Peter DeVent live every weekday at 1 p.m. Central on toginet.com. We're back with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Here's more Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Linda Franklin, and we've got a great guest today, Linda. We have got Genevieve from the Pajama Program, and for those of you who like to look things up as we have our radio show, that's Pajama Program, just like it sounds, .org, and this is a great organization that delivers warm sleepwear and nurturing books to children uh, in need, and we are so excited to have um, their head honcho, their director, their beautiful woman at the top, because I just think 
think I look at all these women, Linda, and they're all so fabulous. And the things that they do to change, you know, the problems that we have in our society, including yourself, are nothing short of amazing. Yes, I agree, and, and Jen does a great job. Uh, you know, I've met I've met her um, at her old uh, headquarters. Now they have a brand new headquarters, but she can tell you all about that. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful, Jen. Are you with us? Do we have Jen? She's probably yes, out delivering I'm here. pajamas. Oh, there you are. We thought you were out delivering pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> I was all day, but I'm here now. <laughs> oh, that's so good. That's so good. Uh, Linda, I'm going to start the questioning, you know, so uh, we'll just alternate from here. Jen, you'll have to bear sure. with us. We're in different locations. We've got some technical difficulties, so we're going to do the best we can with what we've got. Uh, so, Jen, tell me about the pajama program. How do you get something like this started? Did you just wake up one day. Uh, give us the story, the 411 behind this great organization. Sure. Um, something like that. I had absolutely no plan to start a nonprofit. I thought I was just uh, a happy young lady, working, workaholic, um, on my own, wasn't married, didn't have children, and just thought I had a very nice life and was planning to continue. And when I was about 38 or so, all of a sudden I stopped one day and I said, is this enough? I just asked myself just to, just to make sure because I figured I was going to keep going another 10, 20, 30 years. And shockingly, something inside me said, something's missing. It's, it's not enough. And I thought, oh, wow, I was really, I was really taken back. And I thought I, I missed the marriage boat at that point. I'd missed having kids boat, loved kids. And thought, okay, a simple solution. Let me see if I can volunteer with some children reading in a shelter at night. So I did. I called up shelters. I read at night. And I thought that was lovely, one hour a week. One night when I was leaving, about 8 o'clock, and they were putting the children to bed, and this was a shelter where um, it was sort of an emergency shelter. The children had just been brought in 24 hours before, and they had nothing but what they came in with by police or social services workers. And I saw them bringing the children to sleep into um, a little room with some futons and couches. And the children were just, you know, just put on, onto the beds and lights out. And although the staff were lovely, it wasn't bedtime the way I remembered or the way I thought every child should and deserved bedtime. So I just asked if I could bring some pajamas the next time. I was already bringing and leaving the books after I read stories, and they said that would be lovely. So I just brought some pajamas, and more than enough, I thought, to cover the dozen or so children that they had usually um, every night. And I started handing them out the next week after the story time. And uh, the kids loved them, except for one little girl who just stood near me. And she wouldn't take them. I was coaxing her. She was about seven or so, and they were pretty pink pajamas. And she had on pink pants. So I thought, gee, wouldn't you like these? These, these are just for you. And she just looked up, up at me a few a few seconds later, and she said, what are they? Oh, my gosh. That's what I said. Only uh. it hit me like a ton of bricks. And I, you know, I don't, don't even remember how I got the next sentence out, but I explained what pajamas are and that you change for bedtime and, and I you know I took her hand I said don't they feel soft and look at the pretty whatever the character of the princess was and I said what do you usually wear to bed at night and she just pulled on her dirty pants and she said my pants wow and I just told everyone everyone that I met 
um, about the kids and about pajamas, and I just started carrying around bags of pajamas to all the shelters, and it, people wanted to help, and it's just amazing the help that's out there 12 years now. Jan, when you when you first started this and you were just handing out the pajamas on your own, had you given up your job um, or and you were doing this at night, or was this now a full-time project? I hadn't given up my job because I had to support myself. Yes. Um, I was doing it at night, but it was taking over my whole consciousness. Um, I met somebody who I married two years later in that time. And, you know, the universe has a funny way of helping you, you know, and bringing you the right people when you're ready. And um, I started to tell my boyfriend then about this, and he said, you know, keep doing it, keep doing it. You know, you have to find your purpose. And I just I kept working, but I kept taking calls on myself from both shelters when they were in need and people who wanted to help. And I kept thinking, I'm going to get fired. So I went from full-time to part-time after, you know, almost a year and had to slowly work up to trying to get the grants and things. But there was a good number of a couple of years where there wasn't any income and very little. But um, it just took over. It took over my, my brain and my heart and my soul. Well, and I think, you know, what you're talking about, you know, and I and I love this story, and I hear it over and over again with powerful women and beautiful charities, um, you know, that you start with a little idea, you know, just I can see you bringing your PJs and some books to the shelter, and I think a Carolyn Blaschek of Operation Gratitude, you know, and she was, you know, filling these care packages for soldiers in her basement and you know she's going to hit her one millionth care package sent uh this december 7th and i see in your uh events coming up you've got one million good nights and i can't imagine you ever believed that you would do a million good nights when you got started never you know this um, past year we reached two million total for 12 years but I said, and everyone who we worked together, all of us said, look at this wait list. Nationally, we have hundreds of thousands of pajamas and books that need to go out to these children. And the wait list is getting longer and longer because the good side of growing a charity is more people learn of you. There's more support. But also on the other side of the dime, there are more people who find you who are in need. So we decided we have to step up to the plate, and we Carter's jumped on board. They've been a big supporter. Scholastic jumped on board. Sprout, we've got so many wonderful companies that people know and love and trust on board to reach 1 million new pajamas, 1 million new books, and the funds to get them out as fast as they come in over the next two years. So it, we're stepping up to the plate. We made a big promise, and we're getting the support, and we need to keep getting the support. That's fabulous. Uh, how long did it take you, uh, once you started this full-time, to enlist people to help you and, also, and then uh, to actually get corporate sponsors that wanted to be part of this uh, organization? Well, from the beginning, friends and people I knew wanted to help because it is a simple idea. You can hand a pair of pajamas to me in a book and another child gets a pair of pajamas and a book. It is that simple. So people were were interested right away, buy a pair of pajamas when they were at the store and drop it off to me. So that was that was the easy part. But the wonderful thing that happened was I got a call about six months 
eight months in from Parenting Magazine, which is a national magazine. And the woman said, are you the lady with a plastic bag of pajamas at the shelters in New York City? And I laughed, and I said, yeah, I guess so. And she said, can we write a little article? So I said, okay. Never thinking. Now, I knew marketing and PR, but I never imagined what was going to happen. So they wrote this little article, and it came out in this December slash January issue right after 9-11. So September 11th happened, and this came out December January. And do you remember how much we loved each other? Oh, yeah. We were just, there wasn't enough we could do for each other after we thought the world was ending, and it didn't end. Well, I'm telling you, boxes and boxes and letters and cash arrived at my doorstep. I had an apartment in the Riverdale section of the Bronx, and I I thought I was going to be kicked out of the apartment because the doorman didn't know what this was, what this was, and I had no idea what was going to happen. But the boxes and boxes, and then I was with my uh, he, he became my husband. So he and I were eating on boxes, just like a maze in our one bedroom. There wasn't anything we we couldn't move without the boxes. And I got letters that said things like, "Do you have a five hundred one c three? I want to you know so." have you apply for a grant and I didn't even know what that was yeah and then I said well I looked at my husband and I said well I guess this is it and he said this is it so I had a choice but I didn't feel like I had a choice I felt this was my purpose this was given to me and I was following it which I do I follow it so when those letters and inquiries came in I had to find friends who knew lawyers and friends who knew you know accountants (laughs) And then do it for real. See, but I'm going to say something right here. You know, you were doing it for real. You might have not been an established, full-blown, you know, legal charity in every sense of the word. But but you hit the nail on the head when you were talking, Jen, because you said something that was really important and powerful for anybody today thinking about a charity. That's about keeping it simple. You know, when you talk about that simple bag of clothes, you know, something people can wrap their mind around, something they can dig their teeth into. You know, I've been involved in children's charities for 20 years, and I know when I saw your program, you hit the nail on the head because you take little kids and then you make them cold and you have just hit a chord in every single human being who's walked this earth, who's ever been cold in their life. It's an immediate relatability to that problem. And, you know, you think of one of our most basic needed elements, which is to stay warm. And I am so proud of you, Jen, for, for targeting this, you know, whether it's a gift from God or, you know, all of your things coming together. When we come back from the break, I want to talk to you a little bit more about what have been the benefits of your charity for you as a human being. I want to talk about, um, you know, what are the bumps and bruises you had along the way? Because, what we're doing here today is inspiring other people to be powerful like you and Linda and myself to create something where it is needed. My name is Sandra Beck. I'm the host of Powered Up Talk Radio along with Linda Franklin. For those of you that just joined us, you can pick us up on iTunes under PoweredUpTalkRadio.com. You can go to our website at Powered Up. Uh, talkradio.com and you can go to our host station in Texas toginet.com for this and other great programming that can get you powered up so please come back after the break
we've got lots more powered up with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin after these messages. This is for all you girls about 42. Tossing pennies into the fountain of youth. Are you looking for something more in your life or business? More success? More stability? More happiness? It's all out there waiting for you, but it doesn't just happen. You've got to go get it. Make it happen with Michelle McCullough, where motivation and strategy intersect. Michelle is a serial entrepreneur, acclaimed speaker, and the WooHoo Radio Network's resident business and success strategist. Michelle has the smart strategies and experience to help you improve your life and take your business to the next level. You've got big dreams. You've got big vision. Now it's time for you to make it happen. Have you got kids? Need a little help dealing with your everyday battles? Is it time for you to call in reinforcements? Then join us each week for Mommy Warriors Live as longtime mob bloggers Alyssa Banco and Nicole Perry share their informative and hilarious stories from the front lines of parenthood. Armed with nothing but band-aids, some tissue, and a half-charged cell phone, there's no parenting battle the Mommy Warriors can't solve. Tune in each Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time for another episode of Mommy Warriors Live. We're back with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Here's some more Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. This is for all you girls about 42. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm with Linda Franklin, and our guest today is Genevieve Paturo, and she's from pajamaprogram.org. This is a great organization that she started with just a bag of PJs and a book uh, and has brought it to over 2 million uh, deliveries of books and PJs for uh, needy children here in the United States. Um, I'd like to ask you, Jen, what's been the best part of this journey that you've taken, you know, from taking a bag of PJs to a shelter to where you are today? I would say the best part is the people who are now in my life, the group of people I call friends, um, the people who are supporters, the people who help, the volunteers. I have a totally different group of people in my life than I had when I was in business. Um, Some of them are still in my life from the business days, but there's an overwhelming number of different people who are now in my world. Well, yeah, me being a novice uh, with Shining Service, I, I would have to agree it really does change your perspective. And um, my a lot of my friends, again, not all of them like like you said, but uh, so many are are new uh, are new to me, and they're and the outreach has just been it knocks me uh, it knocks me out every time to think that these people are so warm and generous and want to help so much. Because down on Wall Street, I didn't get a lot of that. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm well, and I want to amazed. ask you guys. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Linda. No, I'm done. 
No, I just want to ask you guys if you guys have ever had this experience. You know, um, a couple years ago, I was instrumental in bringing, I don't know, 5,000 kids to this event and getting them all this stuff. And, you know, I won't go into detail, but one of the people interviewing me looked at me and said, you know, have you looked around to see what you have done? And I, I truly at that moment hadn't up until that point. And I looked around at the stadium and I thought, wow, yeah, I guess all these kids are here because of me and that never occurred to me and when people point that out do you guys share a similar like bewilderment of you're so focused on what you need to do day to day that you don't stop for a minute and look at the picture and go oh wow yeah I guess I did do that Um, I'm going to go to Linda first on that yes absolutely Sandra because I think that's what uh, women do. I mean, yesterday was a big deal for us, you know, the event at Bloomingdale's, and, and as soon as it was over, we were starting to brainstorm about the next event, and you don't take time to appreciate what, you know, what had happened there today, and it was it was so wonderful, but it's like, okay, what's next? But, I, you know, I think that that, you know, it has to change because we we don't give ourselves enough credit or enough time to just um, to enjoy the moment, and and I'm trying to get that more in my life, as I've told you, is to just stay in the moment longer, enjoy it, and and not be so be in my mind of okay, I've done that now. Now what, Jen? I'd like to hear your thoughts. Um, you know, I feel like it's not about me, and it it's it's so focused like Linda said, on what we're doing to help and to make a difference that I love speaking about it and I love the microphone and the camera because I can tell 10 more people, 1,000 more people, and 10,000 more people about that little girl. I can show them the little poster I, I have framed in my, um, in my desk that says, um, that Jason sent me. I never met Jason. He said, thank you. These are the first PJs I ever owned. And I got that so early on, and I framed it, and I see it every day. And it's just that's what, that's what propels all of us, I'm sure, is the, the kids, the adults, the men and the women who are in either harm's way or are alone in this world or feel alone in this world that that. The, all these opportunities to speak about it and to do events and to be at the, the helm of an organization, it's, it's not even, I feel invisible, and that's the way I want it, absolutely. <laughs> but it can be, and I'm sure Linda would agree, it's, it's so overwhelming and it's so, um, it, it's 24-7 because it's not a job, it's a life. Yeah. Um, now, you know, you started in New York, and, and you've been in New York all along, but now you are going to take pajama program all over the country. How how did that happen? Um, the same thing. Press has been, has been great. So when we started, yes, it was um, Westchester County, where I grew up, and New York City. And now we have 62 chapters in 30 states because when uh, – if I – at the beginning when I did an interview on a local – news station or TV station, radio station or newspaper, New Jersey heard and called, Pennsylvania heard and called, and it grew. And some, like the parenting magazine, lots of national opportunities 
opened up, especially during danger season. For us, that's October 1st through March 31st when it's cold. And I will talk to a tree if the tree can help spread the word. <laughs> so that's, that's how people all over the country want to, to know how to become a chapter president and how to reach those local kids. Because in New York, I don't know where the shelters are in Alabama, but our Alabama chapter president does. Right. So, That's, so you know, to open up a new chapter, they just they would contact you, and then you you have you have a, a packet, or they have to follow yes. certain uh, yes. rules and regulations, obviously, to be able to do that. Right. It's pretty simple, but yes, there are certain things that we will we could discuss, and that we do moving forward with somebody interested. Well, and that's all about passion. You know, what I'm hearing from both of you is that you're passionate about what you do. It transcends the paycheck. It transcends the eight to five work day. It transcends um, all those things. And, you know, I'm going to ask you both a question because this is something I've struggled with over the years with respect to children's charities. And I I know a little bit about a tiny bit about, you know, what you must have felt like, because I used to buy champion sweatshirts in in like, I forget what the 144 and gross, <laughs> these gross boxes, because mm-hmm. there were so many kids in LA here down where my my housekeeper and nanny lived. And I know that sounds awful. But the fact of the matter is they were homeless sleeping behind dumpsters. And we would go and hand out these sweatpants and sweatshirts because they'd work for school, they'd work for sleeping in. And it was exhausting. And my heart would break every time. And I saw this with the other charities that I've involved with. How do you put a limit on what you're able to give and that's not just financially it's emotionally it's physically it's physically I mean how do you keep it from taking over your life and I want to go to Jen first if you ask my husband he'll say I haven't learned that yet and, I, and he's probably <laughs> right it's because it's consuming it's one more kid one more kid one more kid you know I see the wait list I know the wait list um, I know we talk about balance and I try, and I'm sure we're all in the same boat. It's it's very hard. It's it's very hard to to take time off because you just you're you're just you know the need, and you know you could be doing so much more if you don't take a nap. <laughs> and it's I know it's unbalanced, but it's hard. Well, I struggle with that too, Linda. How about you? Um, I'm not as fully, I don't have as much responsibility as, as Jen does for sure because of my, uh, arrangement. Now I know Frank Amalfitano who runs the United Veterans Beacon House, who is my sponsor. He is on call 24 seven. This man works himself to the bone. You know, if there's always an emergency, cause there's a lot of, you know, a lot of homeless people in his, in his, in his houses and there's always a problem. And, and you know, when, he, when I, I speak to him almost every day and I hear all of this, and honest to goodness, I don't know how he does it all and how it, isn't, it just doesn't consume you. Now, because I'm doing what I'm doing, um, and we haven't opened our house yet, so these, the women, uh, a lot of them are already, you know, they're okay. There's, there's women that we do in our makeovers, and, you know, they've got jobs, and they are military, but they, they don't seem to be in drastic trouble. The ones that are are in, you know, in Frank's homes and in other shelters in New York City. But when we open our, our home, uh, hopefully later on in 2014, I'm going to be in there seeing it firsthand uh, with, 
you know, and, and seeing the children and seeing the mothers. And, you know, I have not been indoctrinated into that yet. Um, and I, but I have been warned not to get crazy and not to, to make it so, so much that you can't stand it because it can really, it can hurt you. It can, and it does, so, and I think ev- everybody that gets involved with, especially children's charities, because they are so helpless and they are dependent, has that pivotal moment. Like, I remember mine when I was standing out in front of a church. I'm the second largest provider, independent provider of Toys for Toys for Tots as a private citizen in Los Angeles, which is no easy feat. And it's a team that is required to to pull this off, and we were standing outside of a church, I don't know, 11 years ago, and the line was around the block, and I looked at what we had in our trucks. The Marines are looking at me. I'm looking at them, and we're trying to empty our wallets. And, you know, there's no way to buy any more toys. It's, it's, and there's a point at which that it, it almost breaks you inside, but you have to keep going because if you don't, your charity won't survive. And, and Jen, I want to ask if you hit a moment like that in your career. In the before pajama program? During no, or during the, I'm talking about your, your your pajama program career. If I had a point where I felt like I was going to crumble because of the circumstances I was seeing, or just your heart breaks and you didn't think it could like I didn't think I could it could break anymore after 15 years in children's charities. Like my heart broke so bad that night, but yet the next morning I got up and did it all over again. And we have about two yeah. minutes. Yeah, we do. I mean, I went to a shelter in Colorado, and I'll never forget the woman came over and thanked me and said, you know, last night we had a little boy come in with blood all over him. He had gotten in the middle of his his family's domestic fight um, with a knife. And she said the only thing he had on were his bloody clothes when they brought him in. And I thought I had heard it all. And when I hear things like that, I just freeze up, just like when the little girl said, what are pajamas? And when Jason sent me the note, these are the first pajamas I ever had. Um, but, yeah, you take a deep breath. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've cried in the corner, but then you wipe away the tears and you just move forward and you sort of – you don't put it out of your mind, but you do you do move forward. Uh, we're here today on Powered Up Talk Radio with Jen from pajamaprogram.com. Uh, my name is Sandra Beck. I'm here with Linda Franklin, and this is Powered Up Talk Radio. And our hope and wish and vision for today's show, and we want you guys to come back after the break, is that you will be inspired by Linda Franklin, that you will be inspired by Genevieve, that you'll be inspired by me to make a difference because you never know where life is going to lead you uh, Uh, For me, it was, you know, taking some toys to the firehouse. For Jen, it was taking pajamas to a shelter. For Linda, it was how does she translate her success as the real cougar woman into shining service worldwide. We are three women who are not that special, but we managed to do it. We'd like to see what you guys will come up with and come back after the break to find out more information. We've got lots more powered up with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin after these messages. Have you got kids? 
Need a little help dealing with your everyday battles? Is it time for you to call in reinforcements? Then join us each week for Mommy Warriors Live as longtime mob bloggers Alyssa Banco and Nicole Perry share their informative and hilarious stories from the front lines of parenthood. Armed with nothing but band-aids, some tissue, and a half-charged cell phone, there is no parenting battle the Mommy Warriors can't solve. Tune in each Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time for another episode of Mommy Warriors Live. Shh, listen, something is brewing. The beautiful business evolution is coming. The way we do business is about to change for the better, forever. This is real business at its very best. On Beautiful Business Radio, you will learn what it means to truly prosper, how to nourish yourself and your business, how to earn what you deserve and make a difference in the world. The tide is rising. The change is here. Discover a new way to live, love, and partner with yourself and your business on Philippa Rollins Presents Beautiful Business Radio, where you matter and your business thrives every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Central Standard Time, only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. We're back with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Here's more Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Linda Franklin. And our guest today is Genevieve from pajamaprogram.com. You're going to want to go to her website. You're going to want to donate, buy some PJs, make a difference. Uh, Girls, I'm going to ask a very provocative question because after rolling around in children's charities for as long as I have, it's the unspoken benefit that nobody talks about. I get a great charge out of my volunteer work. I get a great charge out of making something out of nothing, out of fixing a problem, even though there is an unending line of children that need help. I get a lot of personal self-satisfaction. It busts me out of my funk when I'm depressed. It makes me feel alive like nothing else can. Uh, I want to know what you guys get out of this personally, because I also believe that when people hear the benefits of forming a charity, starting a charity, getting involved, that spurs on more growth, uh, as well as just wanting to identify a need and solve it. And um, Linda, I'm going to go to you first. What do you get out of personally, your personal juice? What does it do for you to be the head of Shining Service Worldwide and work with Frank and do the things that you get to do? Um, it, you know, it, it it's life-changing. It really is, because if you you know, as I said, we haven't gotten into the children yet, and I know children are are a, are a big pull. But with the women, if you can help one woman uh, get get off the streets and into somewhere safe, or or get her back to get her her veteran benefits, I mean that's a a big thing. We did a makeover in uh, in March, and one of the women was having problems, and um, I suggested that she call Frank, and uh, when she did, she was like two days away from, from being evicted from her house and out on the street with two children. And uh, he, 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 got, uh, he got her 
in, uh, into uh, a, a local congressman's office who, who notified the VA, and she had been out of the loop with her VA benefits, and that hap- happens all the time, that so many are not getting the benefits they're entitled to. Either they don't know that they're entitled to the benefits that, that they are, or um, they just they just get so overwhelmed by the amount of paperwork and uh, other things that the VA uh, has to give them to to get into the system um, that they that they drop out. So for this particular woman, uh, Frank uh, Frank's organization put her into into a motel for a couple of weeks, paid for, and then uh, actually found her an apartment. She was starting to get her benefits, and then start it helped her uh, get a job. So I mean. That is, I know I'm not doing it personally, but if it wasn't for the makeover, she wouldn't even know about this. And, and that's why uh, so many people um, think that the makeover is just, oh, it's just fluff because it isn't. But all of the women that we make over say they have been so disconnected from their femininity, from their fem- fem- uh, female power, that this gives them that jolt to, to do something more after and then, of course, we follow up with them, and if they do need uh, help or, the, or there is a struggle, that we can step in and help them go to, to the next level that they need to go to. So it's, it, it, it's, it's just wonderful. But just to see them after a makeover, uh, we had one yesterday. She's never had her hair curled or, or makeup on her face, and she just looked absolutely gorgeous. They, they look themselves in the mirror, and they say, my God, is that me? And, you know, to a woman, it's really important how she feels she looks. It, you know, it, it, it helps in all different areas. It helps in their confidence level. So it's wonderful. I can't even imagine what it's going to be like when, I, when I'm interacting with the kids that are going to be in the house. That's going to be a whole, whole, whole different level of commitment, I think, uh, because, you know, as you, as you gals say, you know, the children really get to your heart uh, big time. It's interesting, Linda. I, I, I can't wait. I just, having known you as long as I have, I can't wait to see what's going to happen. I think I have a pretty good idea, but you always surprise me, so I don't think that should be any different. Um, Jen, what about you? How are you different? Like, what, what, is, what do you get out of this? What does it do for you? You know, like, well, with Linda, Linda I, I heard how pride. I heard, you know, a lot of good things. Yeah. I want to hear what you have to say. Yeah, Linda, it's wonderful what you're doing. I think it's so important. And, you know, once in a while we see a mom, if they're still attached to the children by law, we'll, we'll see them. And what you're doing is great. Gives them self-confidence and, you know, all, all that you said is great. Um, I think I, what, what keeps me putting one foot in front of the other is the hope that I see in a little one's eyes when they open their package of pajamas and they, they always want to put them on right away. You know, no matter what time of day it is that we give it to them, they want to put them on. And I'm hoping and I'm feeling that the comfort and the hug is missing in their lives. They're afraid and they're lonely and their whole, the whole bedtime is frightening for them. They're so vulnerable. And I don't know how, and I never thought about the bedtime, what it meant with my mom because I took it for granted and I bet all of us did. I never thought about it until I started pajama program and met that little girl. What my mother gave me, that security, that confidence, that safety net knowing that 
my mom and my dad would be there the next day. My house would be here. I'd be in my house. I'd be in my bed again. I'd be, everything was, was calm and everything was secure. And these children don't know day to day what it's going to be like. And they're, and they're afraid and lonely. So I look at them, they're, they have this big smile and I keep hoping that it makes a difference in their lives. And some of them can say that, and some of them, as they get older, we still see, and they love getting a new pair of pajamas. So I think that we all live for hope, and without hope, we can't survive. So that's the number one thing that I feel and, and that I hope that I'm giving, and all of us are giving in pajama program to a child, the hope that we're changing lives in a little way. See, and well, I'm, I'm hoping you. that. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Linda. I was just going to say, I'm, I'm hoping that pajama program certainly can be involved uh, in our home when when we open it up because it does make a difference. But I just have one little question, and then I'm going to uh, let Sandra continue. How do the moms react? I mean, do you, do you ever get any negative feedback because they're feeling jealous or they feel bad because they can't provide their kids with what you're providing for them? No, we get letters. They're so grateful. People write for them if they can't write or they write what they can. Um, And, you know, it's so funny because a lot of times if there's a mother involved or if the mother's been absent and is trying to be reunited with a child, they come and they, they ask and the staff at the shelters ask, can we bring this mom? She doesn't know natural bonding. She doesn't know about reading to her child at bedtime. And you know, we tell her and we teach her, and she wants to, to be part of it. And it's, it, I mean, that blew me away, that it, it doesn't come naturally to some people, but depending on what they've been through in their own lives, it doesn't come naturally. So I would say overwhelmingly they want to embrace what we're doing and, and want to be part of it if they can be. Well, and I'm going to take that one step further, girls. Um, 22 years into my toy stuff for Toys for Tots, I want to share with you what happened last uh, event that I had at my ranch here. Um, you, you have to imagine this. It's, you know, it's a it's a very, you know, she-she neighborhood with nice cars, nice everything. And this, you know, beetle pickup truck, you know, pulls up in my yard. And I've got, you know, 100 people at this beautiful, you know, finely dressed Toys for Tots event and these kids pile out of this pickup truck and this is as God is my honest witness a true story and they've got garbage bags full of toys and they come walking in my house with their hats on backwards you know these are teenagers and they're not teenagers that look like they came from the right side of the tracks and they walked up to me and they said Miss Sandra we're here because we collected toys in our neighborhood and to be honest I didn't really recognize them or remember them and then they said don't you remember us you were there handing out toys for us when we were little. Now, these young men are 18, 20, and 21 years old, respectively. And, you know, they are young men who have their own lives, their own struggles. And they came with these bags of toys that they collected because they were recipients of the Toys for Tots stuff that I did we're going back probably 15, maybe 18 years. And it was really heartwarming to me to see
see that all the hope that I had that this will make a difference, made a difference at least with these three young men. And I just wanted to share with you guys that when you're tired, when you are run your course like I have with these Toys for Tots events, 22 of them, I have another one coming up on December 7th. You know, I'm tired. I don't want to do this anymore. And what I'm learning is that there will be people who will take over for you when you are tired and you have done what you need to do. So I just want to put that out there. And I'd love to get, Jen, your thoughts uh, since you've been around so long with your pajama program. Um, I think that's perfect. And I tell, you know, my husband and I tell my family, I'm going to do that rocking chair test when I am 85 and I'm rocking in my chair, wondering if I've made a difference. And I just hope by the time I close my eyes for the final time, one person has, you know, said to me, I remember you one day when I was so afraid and I was young and you came in with a box of pajamas and I got a pair of pajamas and I felt so warm and I just want you to know, you know, I'm working and I have a family of my own and just like you just recited, that's my rocking chair test. (laughs) Linda, how about you? Yeah, well, you know that would be that would be wonderful. Um, but I'm I'm I think what what we need to learn as as women again is that no, even if that doesn't happen, it's it's okay because in our hearts we we knew we did the best we could and we we helped so many people and it's not it even if we don't get that. Uh, feedback like you did, Sandra. It's 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 going to be okay because we know we we were doing the right thing. I agree. You're right. Yeah. Any, uh, we got about a minute to break. We, I know this, we could go on for like three more hours, I swear, between the three of us. Um, any advice, real quick? You've got thirty seconds, Jen, to give us about forming your own charity. Um, get good people, good professionals that you need. A good attorney, a good accountant. Um, good people that you trust because it's, it's a family as well when you're doing this kind of work. Love it. Love it. Okay. What's your website again? Pajamaprogram.org. O-R-G. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being our guest today, Linda and I. I think I speak for Linda. We had a blast with you. We covered a lot of ground. We got a lot of information. We are going to be on break for the next uh, two weeks. So I want to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. I am thankful today for women like Linda, like Jen, who paved the way for a better future for our families. I want to thank you. This is Powered Up Talk Radio with Beck and Franklin, and we'll see you in a couple of weeks. We're so glad you joined us for Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. Sandra Beck, Los Angeles-based single mother and technology company owner, knows what it's like to be fit, funny, and fantastic in your 40s. Linda Franklin, a New Yorker with a successful 